Broadcasting from the Stolen Droids Hangout and discussing everything that has been taking place in the geek world over the past 168 hours. Well, give or take. It's the Stolen Droids Podcast. Welcome to episode 159. I'm Schmitty. I'm Dollface. And I'm Zoner. And we have no Zook this week. So it's the inmates running the asylum. It's our time down here. It's, yeah. And this is the show for the week of April 14th. Just a quick shout out to our sponsors before I completely botch this. Uh, thanks to the guys over at trekradio.net, kryptonradio.com, stitcher.com, openbookaudio.com, Eagle Moss Limited. They're the guys who make the awesome starships. I need to get me a Serenity. And 4814, they're our wonderful web host. If you need hosting, go see them. They're awesome. They're better than better than twenty four seven. Yes, they are. They are <laughs> twice as good as twenty four seven. So this is going to be kind of an interesting show because it's me running the show, <laughs> and with me, you never know what you're going to get. And you know, Zook's not here to keep me in check, so he's not the boss of me today. And I've and tried, and I I can't rein in Zoner no matter what. So if Zoner no, starts you going, can't. um, sorry folks, <laughs> I, I am trying my to tame a wild horse. Yeah. <laughs> if you're lucky. If you're lucky, it's that easy. Um, just a couple I, quick. I can hear the viewership <laughs> dropping off. <laughs> I know. They're like, holy crap, what is this guy oh, doing? Yeah. There goes three years of hard work down the drain. Um, just a couple quick notes here. Uh, programming notes, actually. Uh, I'm not sure if you've had a chance to hear it or not yet, but I had the opportunity uh, a few days ago to interview Dan Farr from Salt Lake Comic Con about the upcoming Fan X, the Salt Lake Comic Con fan experience, which takes place uh, this week, since you're listening to it on Monday. Um, it's going to be April 17th, 18th, and 19th at the Salt Palace Convention Center in downtown Salt Lake. We will be there. We will not have a booth this time like we did last year at Comic-Con, at Salt Lake Comic-Con. We wanted a little bit more mobility. Yes, we are going to be mobile. We will be nomadic. Come Uh, find us. Possibly on camels. I don't know. (laughs) If Uh, you don't have your tickets already, go to saltlakecomiccon.com and get them now. Yes, because they are going fast. Uh, VIP tickets have already sold out. Uh, There's a lot of tickets that are going quick. They announced Nathan Fillion. If you heard the interview with Dan Farr, then you know that they are working on bringing, I don't know, Patrick Stewart. So that's a possibility. I would die with excitement. Just I saying. Nathan, I don't, Nathan Fillion was making Oh, yeah, no. Well, oh, he is. So this is going to be worse because both of them there. I'm, oh, I'm going to need some assistance. Bring See, the paramedics. I'm, <laughs> yes. I'm interested in what's going to happen to me with Nathan Fillion if if we are lucky enough to get close to him, um, because I'm pretty sure as some jerk who runs our Twitter feed mentioned, I will humiliate myself. There's no ifs, ands or buts about it. It will happen. And the question is, will I humiliate myself as I hug him and weep or will I just soil myself? Or will Um, the question be, um, will there now be three new, uh, lawsuits (laughs) against (laughs) three new droids? (laughs) From Nathan Fillion. A restraining order, a restraining in fact. Order. <laughs> I have been sued. I've never had a restraining order. Um, 
so yeah, that could be a lot of fun to see what happens there. But no, I'm sure it'll be it'll be cool. I'll try really hard to contain my composure. I'll try to bat the eyelashes to make it better. There you go. Yeah, <laughs> and then and then he'll just give you that smirk, and I'll be like, oh crap, he's so charismatic. <laughs> Um, and I'm a straight married man, and I think that. So, um, getting into our show notes. Oh, but yeah, we will be there at FanX. So, if you see us, stop, stop us and say hi. Unless, of course, we're like recording an interview, then please wait. Um, don't come up and tell us about your grandchild's podcast that he does in California that three people listen to, because I really don't care about that. But yeah, stop by and say hi to us. Um, kicking off things, what is a stolen droids show without Blackberry news? It wouldn't be uh, a stolen droids show at all. No, no, it would not. No, it would not. Well, Blackberry is kind of stupid as we have previously established with the way they run their business and they are willing to stop making phones if they keep losing money. So I guess it's not going to matter that T-Mobile doesn't carry their phones anymore because they're not going to be making them. Uh, the CEO, John Chan, has made it obvious that he wants to turn a profit by 2016. Is he now permanent CEO? There's no interim in front yeah, of his name in this article. Yeah, it looks like he may be permanent now. <laughs> so, But yeah, he said that nothing's going to stand in their way, including actually selling smartphones. Which yeah. it looks like they might want to try to get into software expansion, like the, their QNX platform. Uh, they may even might even try to uh, revive the BES platform, which is pretty much the only thing they really had going for themselves back when they were, you know, the only one relevant. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This just every week we see a new story about BlackBerry, and every week I wonder what's in the water up in Waterloo because these people are just insane. I don't know. But You're look, a cell phone company. Why do you? Why would you say we're not going to make cell phones? Yeah, well, it, it's it's kind of. I mean, their their biggest business was with businesses. Uh, they, they had the most secure platform uh, and the most secure way of getting data between between phones, you know, businesses and their employees. Um, and and really, no one has done it like them since then. And so, I mean, they. I think they're trying to grasp that again. Um, Which is why they're releasing three-year-old hardware. Right. Because they don't have anything else to do. Uh, Glory days. <laughs> what I think is funny is that uh, he says that he believes that the, the crew in Waterloo can still make money on phones as long as it ships at least 10 million units per, units per year, which is feasible if current sales figures hold steady. Which means that they are currently only selling 10 million units per year. And if you've been paying any attention to the mobile mobile world out there, BlackBerry is not going to hold steady. <laughs> no, they're not. Well, Android's activating over a million devices a day. Is that right? A million additional devices per day, yes. Yeah. I mean, and they're hoping to sell 10 million per year. Yeah, good luck with that. That really kind of puts it into perspective. I mean, ten that's days, just a drop in the bucket of the market. 10 do- days of Android sales will wipe blackberry off the face of the earth is that what i'm hearing right <laughs> i i think that's what they just said so they need to shut down android sales for 10 days in order to remain viable wow that's not gonna happen yeah i feel bad for them because at some point you just got to realize 
pull the plug, man. Mm-hmm. But but they don't realize that. They're like they're kind of like that socially awkward person at a convention who comes up and just stares at you and starts talking, hoping that you'll like acknowledge them or or something or interview and, them or interview <laughs> them. And they yeah, hey they, guys. that guy. They put you in, in an awkward position. That's kind of how Blackberry is. Blackberry is just kind of standing there looking at us, uh, hoping that we'll do something, yet nobody is doing anything, except maybe 10 million people every year. They're hoping their history can save them, and in this case, it probably can't. They, I, I, think you're, I think you're spot on. We've been predicting their demise for a very long time. I we, think their demise is imminent. We keep getting it wrong, so just die already. <laughs> I know. I know. Uh, well, moving into other cell phone news. So, um, Google wants mobile services. And I actually have to admit, I did not read this article because it was originally behind a paywall. So, Schmitty, enlighten us. Yeah, so it, it turns out Google, um, is going to try their hand in, in, uh, the mobile, the actual mobile market. Um, not, not in a hardware sense because obviously they're already there. Uh, but actually, as a carrier, uh, they're going to turn their Google Fiber cities uh, possibly into uh, mobile mobile phone state uh, mobile phone city da-da, mobile phone cities uh, where uh, I guess using their fiber backbone as as their their gateway into the world. Um, it, it's kind of interesting because I don't I don't think they'll be able to take over uh, the mobile phone industry because there are only three what three cities now. With Google Fiber, I think so. Um, but it it kind of gets their foot in the door, and and if they can do what Google Fiber has done, um, where you know they're they're making it cheaper for better service, um, it might guilt other ice or other carriers into into doing the same thing with their prices or or getting better packages, things like that. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what happens if if they can even get it off the ground. Now, with them piggybacking on their fiber network, does that mean the second you leave that fiber network coverage area, you're roaming? Yeah, exactly. So uh, we have Google Fiber and Provo, Provo right now, right? So if if I have Google Phone, whatever they're going to call it, and I'm driving up from fiber to Salt Lake City, all of a sudden now I'm roaming until I get back into Provo. That's going to suck. Yeah, that's <laughs> not awesome at all. That doesn't seem feasible in my mind. It, I, no. You know, Google has the money. They'll make it work if they want to, most likely. However, I, I'm very interested to see how this all shakes out, if yeah. they're able to actually do this. Yeah. It, but it, I, do, I do like that they're trying to shame other ISPs and, and stuff. Yeah. It's, it, the Google Fiber project has definitely raised eyebrows. And um, I don't think we've seen a huge impact on ISPs uh, as of yet, um, but it's definitely making a big impact. I mean, as far as those cities go, you know, um, customers are, are seeing a difference, they're noticing a difference, and so it's, it's overall a good thing. So, Okay, we have some bug news. Not virus news, but bug news. Yeah. Um, what is it? Bleeding heart? <laughs> heart bleed. Heart bleed. <laughs> I knew it was something like that. Um, so, yeah, we've, we've talked about zero-day vulner- vulnerabilities in the past. Uh, basically means that a vulnerability that has been found um, that has 
always been an effect that we just haven't known about until until just now. Um, so, and this one is affecting open uh, open SSL. It's a technology that almost everyone uses on the internet, um, and it's supposed to keep tra- traffic between us and other websites secure. Uh, so, this uh, the uh, revelation of this vulnerability really raises a lot of questions on how exactly how secure are we on the internet? It's kind of scary. It is. And the interesting thing about this is it's not a virus, so it's not on your machine. It's it's a, a vulnerability, as you said, on the back end. And so until whoever manages those servers decides that they need to patch it, it's going to remain a vulnerability. There's absolutely nothing you can do. Now, they've been talking a lot about, oh, well, you need to go change your passwords on these sites. In fact, uh, Mashable posted an article earlier today Listing the sites, Facebook, um, Instagram, LinkedIn, Pinterest, Tumblr, Twitter, uh, Apple, Amazon, Google, uh, Microsoft, Yahoo. I mean, these are big deals. AOL, Gmail, Hotmail. Yeah. There is a, a lot of, of places that are affected by this. And they say, well, you should change your password. But I got to thinking, if you change your password and they don't fix the vulnerability on the back end... It does no good. Yeah. So there's a, there's a few possibilities here. If a site has had this uh, in uh, this vulnerability since day one of, of launching their their open SSL encryption, um, one of two things could have happened. One, absolutely nothing could have happened. No one probably tried hacking, and you're you're safe. Possibility two is they have been um, hacked, or this vulnerability has been uh, exploited, and um, either they have your password, or they have even worse, they have the server's encryption key. Um, so even if they do, in that case, even if they do upgrade or patch this, the chances of them getting hacked in the future are still pretty good. So, Yikes. Uh, yeah. So for, fortunately, fortunately, no bank sites uh, as of right now um, aren't haven't been reported with this vulnerability. So that's good. We're good on the financial front. Um, on the flip side, all of the social networks that we love and use every single day have this vulnerability, and we have. And since it's not traceable, we have no way of knowing if they've been hacked or not. So, uh, the best thing to do is check check this list on Mashable that we have up here. Um, check to see if if the website that you use uh, has been patched. It uh, they have a nice comprehensive table. Lets you know if it's been patched. If it has, good. You're you're good. Uh, change your password, um, and the chance of of uh, having your account compromised is really slim. Um, and if it hasn't been patched, keep checking, uh, keep changing your password if if you have the time. But uh, yeah, just just be careful. Yeah, this stuff like this really sucks because it's not anything that anybody has really done to try and screw you over. But now that they know about it. Yeah. You can get screwed over. So somebody asked today on Facebook, they're like, I keep hearing about this. Should I be concerned? Yeah, yes. you should be concerned. This is, this is a big deal. It affects like the internet. Yeah. Um, I, I think it's funny when one of the articles I, I read, um, they said, 
yeah, we don't we don't think that anyone has used this exploit. And then like two paragraphs later, uh, we can't really trace if anyone has used this exploit. <laughs> so yeah. it's better to play it safe. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, everything's um, scary. It is. It is. Especially those monsters under the bed. They terrify me. Me too. And that spray is not working anymore. Time to switch brands. <laughs> Gotta switch. Go to Monster Spray 2.0. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It needs a, it needs an upgrade. Um, okay. Speaking of upgrades, there is an iOS seven bug. Um, again, security by obscurity. Well done, Apple. <laughs> yeah. This does not make me happy, especially since I have this. So thanks. So yeah, apparently, um, in order to delete an iCloud account or, uh, or restore a device, you need to find my phone to be disabled. In turn, Find My Phone requires the user to enter the password for the Apple ID that's attached to the iCloud account, which will ensure that the phone thieves can't remove the account and avoid being tracked through the Find My Phone website. So, yay, there's that. But you can bypass it, apparently. Um, somebody posted a video uh, telling you exactly how to do so. Uh, you need to tap both the delete account and switch to disable, and the switch to disable Find My Phone at the same time in iCloud settings panel which unfortunately is the hardest part of the process. It'll then prompt you for a password, so shut down the phone. And then when you restart the phone, you can go into the iCloud settings panel and remove the account without being asked for the password. And then you pretty much are good to go. So, um, Or you're bad to go. Bad. You're bad to go. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so Apple likes to tell you if there's a problem with the phone, you're holding it wrong. Apparently, iOS seven holds your passwords wrong. Yeah, uh, I I don't know. Have you have you tried this, Dollface? Have you given it a go to see if you can actually do this? Um, I haven't. Or how hard yet. it is for you? I haven't yet. Um, still trying to check it out, but um, it's a little frustrating. I got to say. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of scary. Um, well, and especially it's like. I use my phone so much for everything, you know, being mobile and all that. And so it's just like when you're already being scared off with everything else going on, it's like you kind of like to feel some type of safeness, but apparently not. So, yeah. Yeah, this is, I mean, Apple really seems to get away with a lot, but they have a, and they get a lot of credit for being really secure and whatnot, but they, got a lot of issues that i don't know the the cultists just don't want to want don't want to accept it seems yeah but i mean hopefully we could we could quickly hopefully <laughs> yeah i mean we could talk about that all day long but um instead let's talk about five-year-old hackers yeah so a five-year-old yeah, found an xbox vulnerability just by dinking around <laughs> That, what are the odds? So, well, okay. So, first of all, tell you the story. Some five-year-old, his parents didn't want him to get into the adult games on the family's Xbox. So, this kid obviously is not playing um, GTA or something. Uh, but somehow, he blew through the parental safeguard. Uh, <laughs> apparently, he punched in an incorrect password, then just entered a bunch of spaces when Xbox asked for a retry, and he was in. 
I, I'm not sure how this kind of stuff works, but I'm thinking that's not how it's supposed to work. No, no, it's not. Um, and and I'm I'm guessing that they've already patched this because we got an ex uh, an update on our Xbox today before I was able to try this. Um, and and I tried it um, shortly after the update, and it didn't work. So e- either I was doing it wrong, or that patch or that update fixed it. So. Um, I don't know how kids are able to do stuff like this. It's like even when you're playing a game, like, you know, a PC game, and they just come up to your keyboard and just start pounding things, and at first you're like, no, wait, don't do that. And then you're like, oh, wait, that was really cool. Go back and show me again, you know? But it's like (laughs) they always seem to manage to hack and do these sorts of things just by pressing a ton of buttons. But, like, as an adult, if I try, it never works. That's like me playing Street Fighter. I'm just matching <laughs> buttons, and I pull off an ultra ultra move, and I don't know how I did it, and I end up winning, but I don't know how. Drill claw. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's that's totally me. I'm just a button masher. <laughs> I hate those fighting games. <laughs> you know, it's funny. I'm reading through some of the comments on this article here on, uh, what is it, Gizmodo? Gizmodo. And the first comment, turns out his dad's password is space. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That's funny. And then somebody else says, gee, a security flaw in Microsoft product. Perish the thought. Okay, Apple has them too. We just discussed it. It ain't just Microsoft. It's right. everyone. Mm-hmm. So you little Apple fanboys need to just shut up and, now because you guys are just as guilty. a couple weeks ago that when Microsoft finds a security flaw, they have a patch right away. Yeah, uh, they do. In, in recent past, not, not just long time ago, when Apple has a security flaw, the first thing they d- they do is try to to shake it off. They're like, nope. It, they bury it. Yeah, th- that's not a security flaw. That's a feature, you know. And it's not until like I I think the the biggest one that we talked about um, a couple of years ago, uh, they they kind of shrugged off, and it it wasn't for like three or four months that they finally pushed a patch out. Uh, so it, it we're kind of done trashing microsoft on security because you know apple has it a little worse so yeah i i completely agree now moving into happier news and this just was actually breaking today as i was leaving the office uh from work about oh i don't know four or five o'clock amazon is spending some money and they have just acquired the comic book service comiXology there there are not a lot of details so far as of this point but if it was facebook you know they would have spent like eight billion dollars for comiXology yeah. but amazon doesn't seem to make those kinds of purchases so i don't know what they pay uh hasn't been released yet uh, either way I'm, amazon is a really good home for comiXology i mean amazon is home to audible um uh kindle and so they it, they're in the right place for for media entertainment, and what better comic book provider than Comicsology to do? It's probably it's one of the most popular. I want to say so. I think you're right, and it, like you said, it's a brilliant decision on Amazon's part. I mean, they already sell comic books like graphic novels and whatnot. Why not distribute them digitally? Mm-hmm. It it makes perfect sense for me. I think this is a great deal. I'm very happy for the Comixology people because getting acquired by a huge company like Amazon it, and getting rich off of it is always <laughs> going to put a smile on your face. Uh, 
But yeah, the CEO and founder of Comixology said that Comixology's mission is to spread the love of comics and graphic novels in all forms. There's no better home for Comixology than Amazon to see this vision through. Working together, we look to accelerate a new age for comic books and graphic novels. I hope that happens. We need more comic nerds. Unfortunately, apps like Comixology, well, services like Comixology, are putting local comic shops out of business. Yeah. But we're still getting comic comic readers. You know, if we can if we can keep the comic industry strong, even if it's digital via print or as opposed to print, you know, that's a that's a good thing and everybody wins except for the local comic shop owners who go hungry. Yeah. Um, but it's also a good alternative too, like you know, if you're traveling and you don't want to bring your comic books with you, obviously you're not gonna want them ruined. So this is a perfect alternative to <laughs> Leave those at home and take your digital with you. And either way, yeah. it's I look at it as a win. I'm excited. Yeah, if anyone has helped me move, and, and I moved a lot in the past, and I know Zook and Dr. Squishy has, have both helped me move, um, anytime it gets to the box that's holding my comic book collection, they both groan and say, nope, you pick that up, Schmitty. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. they are the heaviest piece of media that I own and and yeah nobody's going to take that on a trip it, having it on a mobile device is is definitely the way to go so. mm-hmm. I, I have a 32 gig Nexus 7 and about half of it's full of comic <laughs> books and when I went on when I went down to Central America a few months ago I took my Nexus 7 with me and I must have read 30 or 40 comics in just a couple of days, I don't even know how many I read total in the course of the whole week, but I know on the flight down to New Orleans, I must have blown through at least a dozen. Nice. So, I mean, it's it's convenient. Digital comics are awesome. I absolutely love them. So, I I think that's a that's a good one. Congratulations, Comicsology. I hope Yay. that it it works out as well as you hope. <laughs> now, moving into some social networking news. We got a couple different things here, but let's start with the Cubans because, hey, who doesn't love a good Cuban? <laughs> make good food. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I've never had Cuban food, but I do like exotic foods, and so I'm sure I would go for Cuban food. But apparently the United States secretly created a Cuban Twitter equivalent to hopefully stir unrest, but it never ended up happening. Apparently their funding ran out and they just kind of disappeared. But it seems like they got fairly entrenched for a number of years down in Cuba. Huh. Uh, which, it, it was a really long article. It, it, really long. TLDR, I just gave it to you. Um, but yeah, I, th- I thought that it was really interesting. Uh, in the end, we never really learned what happened. Don't know who it came from. Which organization? Uh, I, my money's on the CIA. Uh, but they say that the person didn't work for the CIA. It was under the U.S. aid is who officially created it. But you know when the government says it's official that it's really not. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I thought that was interesting. Was it was it you, Schmitty, who put this in the story? No. Or in the notes? No. Must have been Zook. He probably wanted to talk about it a lot, but he's not here. I tried, and it's, <laughs> it's I our show. It out, but it took like yeah. a whole ream of paper. This thing is long. I know. It is long. I keep thinking <laughs> I'm almost long. to the end, and I'm like, nope, it's going still. 
And they keep breaking it up, so you think that it, oh, it's sweet. It's, uh, no, it's not over. You, if you want to read the article, just book out your morning, block out your morning on your calendar. So it um, turns out, I mean, I'm just reading one of the last paragraphs here. Uh, the name of the service was Mobile, Mobile Chat. Um, that web domain is now available for sale for $299. So, um, since it didn't take off in Cuba, you can start your own Mobile Chat. <laughs> or you can purchase the domain and see what you can do. See if you can do another Cuban Twitter that's <laughs> not designed to uh, undermine the communist revolutionary or communist government there with revolutionaries. <laughs> Any form of public collaboration will <laughs> create unrest. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, I always think that's so funny when they say, oh, well, you know, we're going to just go in and we're going to do this and we're going to cause revolution by just talking to people. And I think it's funny because that's exactly what they do. And it's kind of terrifying that our government does that kind of stuff around the world, but they do. And other governments do too. But it got me wondering with the Arab spring a few years ago, how it kind of all started via Twitter. Well, it started with the dude in Tunisia getting burned, but then it spread via Twitter I wonder if the CIA was involved in that. I wonder how, how involved our government was. And that was what I was actually thinking as I was reading this. How how involved and how entrenched is our government in doing that kind of stuff over in the Middle East? Now, now, honor. <laughs> I know. I know. Zook, Zook told me to behave tonight and to not get political or, let's get political or whatnot. With, let's get political with Facebook here. But but that was conspiracy theory, not so much political. Uh, and yeah. he's not the boss of me. <laughs> uh, but but you just mentioned Facebook, so yeah, Facebook's making some people mad. They're yeah. making people really mad. Um, I don't know if you've heard this or not, but they are changing their mobile app so that you can no longer use the Messenger feature within the mobile app. You need to go and you need to get Facebook Messenger. <laughs> And I know, I know, Schmitty, that you were unhappy with this. Yeah. Well, for more ways than one, I, I will give Facebook Messenger one prop. I do love the chat heads. I wish I had chat heads in Google Hangouts and in text messaging, um, which Facebook Messenger does does do text messaging. But um, I, the last time I installed Facebook Messenger was when it came out, and I quickly uninstalled it because then. Right then, in that instant, all my friends saw that I was online and started chatting with me. I had like a hundred chat heads open, and and it's probably better now because now they're used to me being online, I guess. But I I do not want to install it. Uh, it's just I don't know. Yeah i I don't like the chat heads when they first brought it out. I thought it was a cool feature, but I'm involved in like two or three group chats. And that gets really old really fast when you have eight people chatting at once at 10 o'clock at night while you're trying to unwind and go to sleep because mm -hmm. you've got to get up at 4 a.m. to go to the gym. Mm -hmm. And it keeps from ding, ding, yeah. ding, well, ding. And, and the, uh, they probably have fixed it now. But I remember when I had fa Facebook Messenger installed, even if I had my phone set on silent, the vibration from yep. from Facebook Messenger would still go off. I have yeah. everything on silent, and Facebook Messenger is still buzzing. I had to completely kill Facebook Messenger so it wouldn't buzz anymore. And if they have that fixed, fine. But um, that first impression just left a sour taste in my mouth. <laughs> yeah, I had to well, go I in and and uh, 
change the settings in the settings on my phone to stop the vibration on that. I really don't like how with the notifications, I have to constantly go in to, you know, turn it off until 8 a.m. the next day. It's like, yep. what if I don't want it on ever? It's annoying that, you know, you forget and then the next morning you're getting like all these dings and everything and it's like... But I wanted to sleep in until 8.30. <laughs> exactly. Not 8. You're waking me up before my regular alarm. And it's just frustrating. It's like, I love hearing from my friends, but it's just that app in general. But like when I'm on my phone, I feel like I don't have a choice because if I try and use the messenger on Facebook, it's just not as friendly, I guess you could say. So yeah. it's just frustrating that it feels like in some ways you just can't win with it. No, you can't. And I was going to mention, you can snooze it until like 8 a.m., but then it kicks right back on. Yeah. It just, it would be so nice to just turn off notifications. And if you got to go into the app to see why Billy Bob No Teeth is <laughs> texting you or messaging you, then that's your choice. It's not forced upon you, which I really hate. I hate it so yeah. much. Just switch to Google Hangouts, guys. <laughs> see, and that's... That's what I do for the most part. I yeah. prefer Google Hangouts. When I'm but... really busy at work, I can turn off notifications for a while. And, yep. and people are chatting, whatever, you know, whatever suits them. And, and then when I'm not busy anymore, I go turn notifications back on and then and join the conversations again. So, Or you just say, Zoner and Zook, shut up and take this private, guys. Come on. <laughs> which I, I don't. Which I've done before. I don't care. <laughs> yes, you have. <laughs> well, it's hard because, like, a lot of people I know don't use Google Hangout and they only use the Facebook me Messenger so it's like if I want to keep in touch with them, then I have to do it that way. But, man, I still get so mad about that stupid notification in the morning, and it's like yeah. a necessary evil kind of. Wait, there's an internet, Can I make a suggestion? Internet outside of Facebook? What? I know. I know, really. It's like AOL back in what? the day. What? Yeah. Um, but if I can make a suggestion, uh, you should you should be the pioneer. Blaze that trail. Install Google Hangouts on your iPhone. Whoa. And I know, I know. It's like come join the dark side. We have cookies. Yeah, <laughs> and in, install it and say if you want to talk to me, this is how I'm available, and it's far superior to the way that you're doing it. Plus, Mark Zuckerberg's not reading your messages. Instead, it's Sergey Brin who's Sergei reading Brin. and the NSA. Yeah, um, but they're reading it all anyway, so it doesn't matter. But, um, yeah, what you need to do, just blaze that trail, Dollface. Hey, do buddies, it. just to let you know, changing <laughs> over, so get ready. We you should. I expect tomorrow morning to see on Facebook you posting something along the lines of, I'm now available to chat via Google Hangouts, so y'all need to get with the program. <laughs> I follow my Google Plus page. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we, yes. We invite all of our listeners out there <laughs> to make this. I, I'm leaving Facebook. Come see me at Google Plus. And they're like, Google Plus, what's that? That's math. I know. <laughs> Google Plus me. There's a plus sign in there. Is that the common core math? <laughs> um, <laughs> we got a lot of social media stuff here tonight. Uh, yeah. Twitter's launching new profile designs Twitter again. It's on fire. I mean, they, yeah. So their, their new profile design kind of looks a lot like Facebook's um, profile page. Um, kind of, kind of. It, mm -hmm. It's almost identical, but they give you more stats. They give you your most followed tweets, your your most retweeted tweets. Um, it's a little more informative if you're uh, if you're someone who um, has a big following, which is important for 
people like us or, you know, uh, big corporations. So uh, it's kind of interesting that they're, they're catering more to the, to the big companies out there. Big companies, stolen droids, you know, stolen droids. Well, we got stolen droids media after our name now. Yeah. So, uh, we're, we're big time. We're big time. Oh yeah. You know, we get, we get press passes to events like <laughs> Fanex now. No IPO yet, so, but, uh, that's coming. <laughs> yeah. Not. Yeah. We're not San Diego Comic Con big. We're just Salt Lake Comic Con big. But uh, yeah, you know, I hate how Twitter does this though, because they announce this stuff and I love Twitter. So mm-hmm. I get all excited for it. Mm-hmm. And then I got to wait six months for their staged rollout to hit me because my last name starts with a Z, I'm guessing. <laughs> it's just alphabetical. It, yeah, it is a slow phased rollout. Um, when, when Google releases something, it's it's usually within a week or two that everyone gets it. So it is kind of frustrating that they are spacing it out so far. Um, I, I haven't seen whether or not you can request it sooner like what Google does. Um, so it's it's the waiting game for, for people who want to see it. So, yeah, I was actually looking the other day trying to find a way to get it early or get it now. Yeah. And I couldn't find anything. Everything was from the last Twitter rollout, new profile design rollout from like two years ago. Which is still good. (laughs) Yeah. And I was among the last to get it then, too, which sucked. I think they just don't like me. Oh, he doesn't tweet enough. Um, Twitter's also been busy, though. They just bought... An, an Android lock screen app, yeah. Cover. Uh, yeah, Cover. It, if if some of you remember, it was a beta. I think it was my favorite um, almost four months ago now, I want to say. Um, it's a really nice lock screen app. It gives you the mo- your most recent apps that you've used. Um, and, it, and it keeps them uh, categorized by uh, location. So the most apps you use at work will show up only when you're at work. The most apps you use while you're driving your car will show up only that, in the car. And you slide to unlock, but when you slide to unlock uh, while selecting an app, it goes straight into that app. Uh, it's really nice, really smooth. It does take a, when I used it, it took a lot of battery power. Um, but but Twitter is acquiring this, so who knows if if that'll if they'll work tweets into it or how they're going to implement it into Twitter or if they're just going to you know hold on to it. I don't know. That's awesome. Just let it. Just let it go as it goes. You know, I actually tried to install Cover on my Nexus 5, and it's not compatible. Oh. It is with my Nexus 7, but it's not compatible with my Nexus 5, which I thought was odd. And I don't know if that's because of the Google lock screen yeah. widgets or I, I don't know. But, I mean, both my devices are running the same version of Android, so I that's don't know real. what the deal is. Actually, I, I was kind of bummed. Actually, uh was running it all the way up until CES because uh, when we got to CES, um, I had to have my battery last longer than five hours. <laughs> and it turns out that cover was taking up like 80% of my battery capacity. Once I uninstalled that, I, I got a lot more battery time. <laughs> so was that just because it had to keep those, those apps in, in active memory? Yeah, it, it keeps all those apps in, uh, seemingly, it keeps them in active memory. So when you slide open right into the app, you're there as if you had never locked your phone at all. So I, I think that's why it's taking so much battery. It's keeping them open as if you have the screen actively on that app. So it, it Which is good for Waze because uh, if you've ever used Waze um, and your screen turns off, when you open up Waze again, it has to sit there and 
recalculate your position, recalculate your route. Um, but in this case, when you open up Waze again from the lock screen, it's it's up to date. It doesn't have to doesn't have to run that update again. So there are some benefits to it. If you if you keep your phone plugged in ninety percent of the time, the battery won't be an issue. So yeah. Thanks. Now. Follow up on a story we did last week. Uh, last week, you might remember, we talked about OkCupid boycotting Mozilla Firefox because the CEO, uh, Brandon Each, Itch, I don't know how you say his name, they said he was an opponent of equal rights for gay couples. And so they would therefore prefer that their users not use Mozilla software to access OkCupid. Yeah. And Mozilla now, we CEO just, actually stepped down from... From Mozilla, he's no longer CEO, which was a, a shocker, kind of kind of a drastic move on his part. But well, they essentially ruined the guy's life. Yeah, he's never going to be able to get a good job again because oh, he's he's the homophobic CEO. Regardless of his personal feelings, he just I, maybe he does hate gay people. I don't know. I don't know the guy, but he donated a thousand bucks to Prop Eight in California. Which passed, by the way, at the same time that our president was saying that marriage was between a man and a woman. He was pro-traditional marriage. So a lot was different back then. And now it's come out that Sam Yegan, uh, the CEO of OkCupid, is just a big old hypocrite. And this appears to all be a PR stunt. Apparently, he uh, donated to U.S. Congressman Chris Cannon in 2004, who has apparently a special kind of hate for gay people. Now, Chris <laughs> Cannon is from Utah. I don't like Chris Cannon. I don't endorse Chris Cannon. And he got voted out of office because a lot of Utahns don't like Chris Cannon. But the guy introduced a lot of... I, well, the human rights campaign gave him a 0% rating on supporting gay rights. So, I mean, he did a lot of stuff that, that would be considered anti-gay. And so, so Sam Yagen is, is kind of being hypocritical there. Kind of, kind of what's going on. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's straight up hypocrisy. So he donates to this guy. He supports this guy who apparently supports everything that he says he is opposed to. So the more you look at this, it appears to just be a big old PR stunt. I don't know. Do you guys think this is going to hurt OkCupid, or do you think that people just don't care anymore? Well, the the story was was in the news for for a week, and now it's not in the news, and nobody cares because it doesn't fit with the narrative. I thoughts. I think that uh, since this is always going to be a hot issue, that I don't know. I think it'll hurt them. I mean, you can't, like, make comments and do stuff like that and not expect any repercussions to follow. Yeah. I, I, I think, yeah, I think it'll hurt them a lot more than if they had just kept their mouth shut. Um, he kind of had, you know, forced fingers to be pointed at him. Uh, had OkCupid not put this up, no one would have even batted an eye. They wouldn't have uh, gone into this investigation and found out that uh, about his donation to Chris Cannon. Um, so it's like, like the okay Cupid users, you know, they're like, oh yeah, they're, they're defending us. They're, they're defending gay rights. And, um, and now all of a sudden, oh wait, he, he did what? He's, he's not for us. You know, it's, it's kind of like 
the backlash is a lot worse than it could have been had they just kept their mouth shut. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. Well, by the standards that were set last week with uh, Mozilla's CEO having to step down for donations, uh, I would think that the same standards should apply and, okay, Cupid should be looking for a new CEO. But yeah. I don't know. That's just me. That's just me. I don't know. Unless he's just that diabolical. <laughs> I mean, it, yeah. I, I don't think anyone forced uh, Mozilla's CEO to step down. I think it was his own decision, um, which goes a lot to show his type of character. Um, and so it it depends on, on the CEO of OkCupid to, to make the same decision or not. Uh, given that it was a PR stunt, I doubt that that is in his character. Uh, it kind of so- sounds harsh of me, but you know, w- if you're willing to to break your um, your own beliefs just to to nab a dime, you know, it kind of speaks to <laughs> what you're willing, how far you're willing to go. You know. Yeah. So. Yeah, if you're willing to step out on a ledge and push someone else off. Then <laughs> you're not willing to jump off that ledge yourself. <laughs> yeah, I I don't know how how ethical or moral a person is, and I don't know maybe he's very ethical and moral, but this this just was not it has not set well with me. Um, on, on the other since hand, since I found out. On the other hand, it might be good for OKCupid and Mozilla because even bad new even bad publicity is good publicity in some cases. In extreme cases, I, I re- recognize, but um. Not in Blackberry's case. Not in Blackberry's case. <laughs> no. You're right, <laughs> but I mean, it, it it could be a good thing um, as far as business goes. So I don't know. I guess time will tell. Um, but speaking of PR stunts, Samsung's at it again. You might remember that during the Oscars, they had Ellen DeGeneres do the selfie that was the most tweeted picture or something retweeted picture. And they paid for it to be done with the Galaxy S5. Well, apparently, uh, when the Boston Red Sox visited the White House recently, they had a deal uh, with David Ortiz to take a selfie with the Galaxy Note 3. And the White House is not very happy about it. Um, apparently, they're saying that they're not going to allow selfies anymore, I think, that I saw with the president. Um, Yeah, Samsung does pay David Ortiz, but they're not paying the president for basically being in a Galaxy Note ad. I I think, you know, this this is the article that Zook said don't get political on, but (laughs) this isn't a political issue. I mean, this is... This is a tech company kind of being douchebags. Yeah, it's kind of the same thing. I mean, take the president completely out of it. Um, if it were any other CEO, I mean, if this were like um, Sergey Brin, for example, Samsung comes, takes a selfie with Sergey Brin, they post it all over the internet. Google would be mad too about this. I mean, it, it's it's not. Yeah, it's it's totally not political, um, and it is a douchey thing to do for you know on Samsung's part. You kind of have, I mean, in the in the world of photography, everyone knows you have to get rights from the people uh, of whom you're taking pictures to post those pictures publicly. So it's not a new concept. (laughs) 
Well, do you think in the age of social media that that's kind of gone by the wayside, though, where everybody has a camera and they can take a picture of anybody at any time? Um, yeah, I think a little bit it has gone by the wayside, but this is a company doing it. If, if, I, were, if I went and took a picture of, say, um, Tom Cruise and posted it all over the Internet, that's fine because it's my picture. I can do with it what I want. And you're being um, a fanboy about it, not trying to actually yeah. sell and get revenue. Exactly. So when Samsung does it, it's a little bit of a different issue. They're using it as a PR stunt. So yeah, I, I, I it is a total PR stunt, and you know, it used I used to think a lot higher of Samsung than I do currently. You know, forget the fact that they were ripping off Apple designs and everything. They had a good phone with the S3. The Galaxy S3 was a great phone. The S4, it's debatable whether or not it's a great phone. I'll, Some I'll people love phone. it. I'll say it's a good <laughs> Some people love it. Some people hate it. My wife loves hers. My boss hates his. And it just, I don't know. Some of them have issues. Some don't. But with the way Samsung's doing these these selfies and this promotion and stuff, it's, I don't know. It just, I, I, they kind of seem douchey to me lately. I'm not a, I'm not a big fan of, of how they're, how they're going about their, their marketing as of late. Yeah. I, I don't get it because, um, they're already popular. I mean, people are already, um, differentiating the galaxy line from Android. So what more, publicity do they need they, they have like 40 percent of the market share <laughs> what yeah. more do they need they're, they're i think they're getting a little greedy i i think you're right and i think because of that you're going to see manufacturers like lg just step in and destroy them oh. i i think that samsung's glory days with phones may be done for a very soon is that an official prediction from zoner <laughs> it is awesome. it is i i don't know how soon but i i think that samsung's going to be on the decline in terms of market share um, speaking of big market share, wow, that was a painful segue. <laughs> um, <laughs> speaking, speaking of segues, of... <laughs> um, no, Toyota has announced that they are recalling uh, 6.39 million cars, which includes 27 different models. I didn't know they had 27 different models. Yeah, they That's they... odd. They have a crazy amount, of, and and well, this includes all their their models in Asia uh, and Europe that we don't see here in the U.S. So yeah, they have a lot more models than, than we're aware of. Um, but yeah, these are faults like um, you know faulty steering, uh, faulty. Uh, I'm trying to find the list here. Uh, uh, this is makes for really good. It does, doesn't it? This is this is just awesome. Uh, faulty steering column brackets, windshield wiper motors, faulty engine starters. I mean, the the list uh, is is pretty long when it comes when it comes to uh, recall reasons. Um, and this this covers all these models all the way back to two thousand and four. Um, so for like the last ten years, Toyota manufacturing robots because we know that humans don't build anything anymore, especially much. in Japan. Uh, the robots were drunk. Apparently, uh, <laughs> they were all. <laughs> Bender was in charge. Yeah. Well, and what's silly is that I. So if you remember back in two thousand ten, they recalled they recalled all these same models for the faulty brake uh, or the unattended accelerate acceleration issue. Um, reportedly some people had issues with their accelerator and crashed. And so Toyota recalled, um, 
all these models, including Lexus models, um, and that that included six six point something million units um, from 2004 to 2010. And so this recall covers 2004 to 2014. It includes all those same cars that they recalled back in 2010, but now for different defects. Kind of crazy. <laughs> you know, I've always been told, just go, just buy a Toyota. It'll last you forever. You'll be able to drive at 500,000 miles. Unless it gets recalled at 12. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, now, okay, so... We're, we're ragging on Toyota here, but I do have to point out that um, in 2010, those faults were found by by customers. Uh, these defaults were found by um, by Toyota. By new, it, they have new testing processes that they that engineers developed. Um, they were able to find these defaults before anyone has had a problem with them. So reportedly, there are no problems with these with um, with each of these points in in their cars. But they were able to find that there could be a potential of, of having problems with these. So in, in Toyota's benefit, they are finding these and they're being proactive about it. Um, but on the downside, that's a lot of cars to recall. So It is. Yeah. It is. I, I wish my Mazda would get recalled. <laughs> or, sorry, just can't. I don't even have a Mazda. My Maxima. <laughs> yeah, if your Maxima is greater than 2004, it is... On, oh wait, that's Nissan. Never mind. Yeah, it's <laughs> Nissan. Yeah, I, I wish my Maxima would get recalled because it's just causing me stress lately. Um, but we got to hurry up here. We got a couple a couple stories I still want to get to. Um, Fox, as in the TV network, uh, is coming out with a or has come out now with a Family Guy game, and they accidentally hit the wrong button and put it into the Google Play Store and wherever wherever else it's going, iOS, I'm not sure. But it came out early. Oops. And so um, Fox, instead of saying, oh, well, you know, we, we, ac- we, we got it out there early. It's a soft launch, whatever. Um, they said, no, just shut up, and we're going to shut you down. And so they... they um, this is towards people started- that are... are- who downloaded them. it? Yeah. They're, they're streaming yeah, people, themselves playing it. People downloaded it, posted videos on YouTube, um, streamed it on Twitch, and Fox started issuing uh, digital takedown notices, D- DCMA notices, for copyright violation. Um, so once again, Fox is taking a beloved property and screwing over the fans who want to embrace that beloved property. So well done, Fox. Yeah. Good for you. You keep at it. Yeah. Rightfully sharing something that was legitimately released. <laughs> yep. E- I mean, it's not like they're out there getting it from backdoor means yeah. or, you know, back alleys. They got it from the play store. They, I mean, and Fox even admitted that they accidentally released it early, but they, you know, are screwing people over. And if they keep this up, there's no way people are going to ever forgive them for canceling Firefly because it just reminds them every time of how they screw over their fans. Um, And then one last quick story. um, We've all heard the stories of the conspiracy theories regarding the landfill in New Mexico where millions of E.T. arcade games, or excuse me, Atari games were dumped. Well, they are now digging this up, and we should know very soon 
whether or not those games are actually there. Yeah. There's allegedly a bunch of E.T. and Pac-Man cartridges in the dump, so we'll find out what's going on. <laughs> um, but moving moving into our favorites, uh, speaking of video games, I have an awesome favorite this week, and I just discovered it today. It's kind of dark, a little bit morbid. It is morbid. but <laughs> Not a little but bit. But <laughs> it's, it's realistic Mario. It's a YouTube video, and it shows us what would happen to Mario if he were to actually break those brick blocks with his head as he does and it involves uh i'm pretty sure there's a broken neck involved uh, <laughs> i heard the snap <laughs> <laughs> it is it is dark and it is it is absolutely horrible but it's a clip from the pete holmes show and i just laughed and laughed and laughed uh, so check it out if you need something funny uh, and i i'm surprised that i've never actually seen this particular joke done this well so yeah. go go watch have fun enjoy it's oh, funny <laughs> <laughs> uh my favorite of the week uh involves rubik's cube um for long time listeners of the show uh you know that i love rubik's cube i own pretty much every kind of iteration of rubik's cube you can imagine um except for this one this is a working rubik's cube lamp um it's powered by by usb cord um so what better way to enjoy uh, the Rubik's Cube than uh, to enjoy it as a glowing orb. This it's is really a, awesome. I've added this to my wish list. Uh, <laughs> and if uh, if you really love me, you'll buy this for me. Please. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's uh, I, I really like that it's not just a lamp, but you can actually play around with it. Yeah. So it's really clever. Yep. Sweet. Well, my favorite of the week um, actually isn't going to be coming out until, I think some of them aren't coming out until next month. I think some um, are out now, but it's actually the uh, Ghostbusters uh, Funko Vinyl Pops. I don't collect a lot. There's a lot of cool ones out there, and the reasons why I don't collect a lot is because I know I won't be able to stop. But once I saw these, I mean, I'm a huge fan of Ghostbusters, so when I saw these... I panicked in in a good way. I panicked because I definitely want them. I mean, even the Slimer one is super cute and the Stay Puff Marshmallow Man is really awesome. And then you can actually, they're coming out with the Ghostbuster car too. So that you can like pre-order and everything. I just think they're, if you're not into collecting them or if you do like to collect them, I think this is definitely something worth to invest in because you can get all of them, and they're just really awesome. They do look really cool. Yeah. So that's and good. if you if you do want to get Winston, you will have to buy Ecto One. So, yeah. Uh, so yeah, that they they are very cool though, and I I love the Funko Pop line Me too. So, well, that is our show for the week. Uh, Zook will allegedly join us next week if we let him. <laughs> we may just keep control of the microphones <laughs> and say. We, we're we just fine without you, sir. But in all actuality, we, he, he we do miss him, and he will allegedly be back with us next week. If you happen to be at FanX, uh, be sure to stop us if you see us wandering around. We will be nomadic, like I said, possibly riding camels, maybe donkeys. I don't know. A huge donkey. But we are in the desert. Us, yes, we are in the desert. Uh, if you see us, though, stop us and say hi. Uh, we may be giving away stuff, so keep an eye on our Twitter feed and our Facebook feed, and we'll be announcing anything that we do via those sources. 
You can also check us out on Google Plus, StolenDroids.com, wherever. Uh, find us on Stitcher.com, uh, iTunes, everywhere else. Thanks to our sponsors, TrekRadio.net, CryptonRadio.com, OpenBookAudio.com, and of course, Stitcher.com. And then Eagle Moss Limited and 4814.com are both awesome as well. So that has been our show. Thank you for joining us. Good day. In the blind. Have a good night. This has been a Stolen Droids Media Production.